Welcome to the Beauty Aside podcast. I'm Gentry Quinn. I dropped out of school at the age of 17, got my GED, and still managed to build multiple businesses and a beauty line from the ground up. Beauty Aside, each week we'll be talking with entrepreneurs and learning what it takes to achieve balance and what it really means to follow your dreams. If you are struggling with finding answers for your skin, if you're confused about what products to use or why ingredients matter, or get overwhelmed by all of the products and marketing scams out there, you are not alone, my friends. Each month on the Beauty Aside podcast now, we are going to host a skin talk segment where we clear up some of the myths and confusion regarding our skin health. So why does this apply to me? Why am I qualified to talk about this stuff? Why do I love this stuff so much? I'm so excited because as some of you may know, I've been in the beauty industry over 20 years. I'm also a licensed esthetician um, who has some teaching under my belt as well. And I've worked for other spas. I've owned my own. And I actually met my next guest when I moved back to Austin from Colorado in 2014 and worked briefly at an independent spa. My friend is Cecily, and I'm so excited. Welcome, Cecily. Hi. Hi, Cecily, my friend. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in aesthetics? Yeah, um, I kind of fell into aesthetics. So um, I was going to, while I was living in Salt Lake City, I was going to community college and I realized real quick that that wasn't what I wanted to do. And um, we had a local like magazine called Slug Magazine and in there was um, a little thing about skin works um, and esthetician school and I looked into it and I thought it was really cool and I uh, went in for a tour and I signed up that day and I just instantly fell in love with it and so that was in 2011 and I've been practicing aesthetics ever since 2013. Love it that is so cool it's literally it literally stumbled upon you you like yeah. opened up something. You're like, that looks interesting. It's like, it reminds me um, sometimes that we don't even know what we're passionate about until it comes to our attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how I feel about makeup. I was in not to be, not to take us off track or anything, but I had never really even worn makeup my entire life until I was working on a little independent short production in Austin and got paired with the, the lead makeup artist and, and was thrown into that scene and went, Oh, I think I like this as I'm applying eyeshadow. Oh, I think that looks good. Um, so sometimes it just comes to us so organically and I love that. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. I feel like you and I are both skincare professionals who really share a similar style of healing, uh, skin through a more holistic and integrative process. First, before we go, you know, kind of like the medical route, which obviously we're not medical doctors, but before we would uh, refer someone to someone in the medical field. So I personally am not against uh, dermatological intervention, prescriptions, you know, prescription meds when needed. I find the best results sometimes with my clients uh, are when they're working synergistically with a dermatologist when it's needed so that we can achieve these optimal results. What are your feelings on that? I totally agree. Um, as an 
esthetician, I can only do so much within my scope of practice. And so there may be some underlying issues that I can't treat. So it's important for clients to realize this too. So, um, you know, I, as estheticians, I only work on um, the first few layers of the skin, but some people, they may have skin infections um, or other things going on um, underneath that I can't see. So that is when I would recommend them going to a dermatologist. And also as people age or just, um, you know, they meet, they might need some like laser, laser resurfacing, they might mm -hmm. want injections and certain things to achieve their skincare goals. So yeah, I think it, we could work as a whole team. I think that is a great point. Um, and it was kind of my, my next question is when's the best time to see a dermatologist? And you answered that. I am going to agree with that because dermatologists tend to deal with diseases where estheticians, which are skincare experts for those that aren't familiar with that word, tend to deal with uh, the more surface layers of the skin and the epidermis. So there's five layers uh, of the epidermis and, and those top layers are what we generally work with. It's what we're allowed to work with. We're only allowed to use a certain percentage when it comes to chemical peels and treatments that we're, uh, that we're allowed to do without being under the supervision of someone in the medical field, having their insurance um, to, you know, uh, secure the work that we're doing. So uh, the next thing I wanted to touch on is why a holistic and integrative approach, you know, is worth considering. I know you are definitely uh, into holistic remedies. I know I am too. Uh, and I also really am more recently than ever in my life have been into, you know, taking a more integrative approach. The more I learn, the more I learn that that is the way that I feel like we should be going. Why do you feel a holistic way is maybe a better approach that's worth or something that's worth considering. I feel it just feels natural to me. And I think everyone is different. There's definitely people who want um, an aesthetics, like the more like I call it aggressive, but you know, so it might work for people like using um, like salicylic acid, retinols and certain things. But for me, I realized like that doesn't work for my skin and um, who I am as a person. Definitely, I tend to be drawn to more of the natural holistic side of just um, the way that I eat um, and how I live my everyday life. So I think it's just more aligned like with who I am. And um, just kind of on my journey, I have a four-year-old son um, and my hormones, you know, just completely changed in, in my skin. And I recently got off um, um, hormonal birth control that I had implanted in my arm for four years. And so just kind of um, listening to my body and I realized that I had to change pretty much the way that I eat, how I exercise and my skin and my skin is breaking out like really imbalanced. And so um, just the more that I research and things, I found out that um, using more natural products that don't have chemicals, 
parabens and things like that is what my skin needed and it helped calm inflammation and just create balance. And also along with that too, I just realized that the way that I eating too. So if I'm going to help my skin um, regain balance and fight inflammation, the way that I eat is also part of that. So I think it just, as a whole, it just makes sense to me. That's beautifully said. It goes right into the, the integrative approach that I just mentioned, which I am completely on board with also. The more I'm learning um, about skin, the more I'm realizing that everything we do affects everything. It matters. Yeah. Um, so there's actually one thing, this, well, actually I'm going to hold off. I want to share a little bit of this book I've been reading, but before I do, um, you mentioned birth control, which that was not, that was not in our notes today to talk about, but I feel like it's something that's very, very important to mention since, or talk about, expand on since you mentioned it. Uh, I was on birth control for a really long time in my twenties and I just was one of those women who just sort of, uh, just tolerated it, uh, the symptoms of birth control. You know, I felt nauseous every morning. I had tried multiple different types of birth control, um, including the Depo-Provera, uh, within the scope of probably, I don't know, many years, maybe 10 years. And I remember one morning in the kitchen feeling nauseous and just, I just put my foot down. I just don't know why that morning it occurred to me that I am sick of feeling nauseous every morning. This is not okay with me. And I spontaneously decided I was not going to take birth control anymore. I didn't have another solution. But with that came some side effects that I was completely unaware of, completely unaware of, uh, one of which was a, a... acne, which was hormonally induced acne, which at that time, not only did I not know what acne was, but I definitely didn't know how to treat it. And I remember I was working on a film. So we were working these split shifts. It was the first film I was ever, you know, a key person on, did makeup on. And so we would, it was really important to me. I was not really concerned about what my skin was doing. I was more concerned about doing the job that I was doing. But I remember having like the cystic acne and being so confused by it. Like looking at my skin at three in the morning, going, what the hell is this under my skin? Why is this happening? And then when I had a chance to breathe and think about it and put the pieces together and like through the years with education, getting, you know, licensed as an esthetician and um, really learning about skincare, I realized that it was a hundred percent. I mean, reasonable deduction aside, I mean, it was like a hundred percent, um, the birth control pills. And so I just thought if it could do that to me, what is it doing to the client? How is it affecting the clients that I'm treating? So I don't know if you've shared, have you, did you share any, any like, uh, you know, horror stories with your skin when you discontinued the birth control or. Do you, do yeah. you have similar happen? Yeah. And so I'm still going through that. So when I talk to people about their skin or when they come in, you know, a lot of them feel like, oh, you know, I just have these hormonal breakouts or like they're becoming pregnant. So I sympathize with them and I'm coming from a place of like 
authenticity and be like, yeah, this right. is normal. And this is what we can do to help that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just giving like feedback to them. And also, you know, it's not something that you learn. I don't remember learning anything about in school. So this is something that I've had to struggle with on my own and find answers and kind of do the research. Um, Cause in school, you know, I was taught, you know, we kind of go over like hormones, but really it's just like acne, what causes it. And so, you know, birth control, like really isn't on the list. So, you know, and as an esthetician, um, a majority of our clientele is women. And so, you know, I think it's important to find an esthetician with realistic, um, or who can be realistic about like the results and treatments and, you know, just offer any advice that we can. Cause you know, that's the best part about my job is just connecting with clients and, um, giving them all the knowledge that I can to help them. A hundred percent. Completely agreed. I mean, we wish that it wouldn't have happened, but it certainly lends itself as something that's helpful when you're trying to teach or trying to, you know, educate people and help people and say, Hey, you know, I've been there. I understand what you're going through and hormones to me. uh, And I'm going to read again, a little passage from this book about that in relation to hormones and acne and stuff in a second. But, uh, but that to me has been the trickiest above all because there are different arguments for what can cause it. I know for a fact that it was suppressing or changing stuff inside of me to where when I discontinued it, my skin just freaked out and it took me many years to, um, to figure it out and settle it down. Now, had I had the education prior I think that I would have tackled it a lot sooner. So if I had ever, I never even had a facial. If I had had a, if I just had a relationship with the esthetician, I think, or if there were the resources 20 years ago that there are today, you know, like these days we have all of these forums that help support us. Um, we created one ourselves called the Your Mindful Esthetician on Facebook. And it was really a group just designed to support people that with, you know, with other uh, licensed professionals for free (laughs) so that, you know, if you have a question, you have a a safe place to go with and without just Googling it on the internet and feeling like, you know, okay, this is great, but I don't know what to believe or having, you know, 10 sources of information that are all different from one another. To me, that's very overwhelming. But um, to not get us off track, I want to talk about ingredients for a second and why they matter so much. I mean, I can tell you why I think they matter so much. Why do they matter so much to you? I think they matter because our skin is our largest organ. You you know, you've been hearing that your whole life. Like, drink water, you know, um, keep your body hydrated, but also... Um, there's so many everyday, um, things we're exposed to like air pollution, um, and just, um, things that we put on our skin, you know, things that we like sunscreen and things that you just grew up putting on your body without even thinking about, um, and how they affect your skin now. Um, so I think ingredients matter is that, a lot of people 
you know, they say organic or, you know, like, what does that mean? And so I think, um, just during the research and knowing why you're putting it on your skin and what is in it that is going to help, um, your body and achieve things that you want. And so there's so many products out there, um, that are just filled with like gluten, um, parabens and just so many chemicals. And, um, that also affects, um, your body's just absorbing it. So that also affects like your hormones, um, and other skin conditions. So if, you know, like you're itchy, you're feeling tired and, um, like brain fog, take a look at like what is in your ingredients and what you're putting on your body and also like ingesting. I, yeah, I could not agree more. Uh, I do know that it gets even, I mean, you said it so well, everything, and I won't repeat everything you said, yeah. <laughs> but because I agree with everything that you said, I think one of the trickiest parts of uh, of determining all of this is because we, the why is very important. Right. Yeah. But, um, oh man, but I feel no, that was like a big one. There's so it, much I could say about it, but yeah, I know, I know. And I don't want to go off on a tangent. I just yeah. feel like there are so many misnomers out there. It's, you really do have to dig deep and maybe that's why support groups and an integrative approach is so important because, you know, everybody is so individual and just because it's a natural or organic product, which I personally love, I try to implement that as much as possible into my line. I have clients that are allergic to lavender. I mean, it doesn't matter how high quality the lavender is. They're allergic to lavender and you have to respect and be sensitive to that. So it's not always being natural or organic. It's some people need safe synthetics. So it's so kind of like uh, so much deeper. And I wish, you know, we'll have to do a segment just on that. But, um, you know, some products are safe when they are uh, consumed at a really low, low rate. Like I use paraben-free preservatives in some of my products because I want an antibacterial. I don't want people to get, you know, like freaking bacteria infection. So, but it's less than 1%. And the likelihood of it uh, even penetrating the skin is like, is, is like non-existent. So, so you can't just, if you just looked at that one ingredient and did a Google search on loan alone online, you might, you know, see some negative press about it, but then you have to like, look at, like, you have to dig deeper is what I'm trying to say. It's a little exhausting, but that's why support groups and having people that you trust, like a trusted esthetician is so important because then you can discuss those very specific things and figure out what's right for you, which brings me to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, jump around right now since we're talking about this and, you know, how does one find the right skincare routine? I mean, that's a loaded question in itself too, that yeah. we have to do a separate segment on, but in short, how do they find, I, I, I get this question a lot. People, you know, there's all of these, these, uh, these product lines with these 10 step, uh, you know, uh, products or whatever, however you yeah. want to say it. And it's very, not only is it overwhelming, sometimes it's not needed and you know, they don't give any wiggle room because they want you to buy the system for like integrating it with anything else or using it 
uh, or, or customizing the use of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say, which I'm a huge advocate of customizing the way you use things and finding things that work synergistically with one another. So you don't actually have to throw out your non-offensive products, uh, even if you want to incorporate something new. So how would you suggest someone to find uh, the right skincare routine for themselves? Yeah, I think the most important thing is keep it simple. You know, like you said, you don't need a 10 step regimen to get the results that you need or that you want. Um, and I think, unfortunately, it takes time. So if you're expecting like an overnight like result, you know, that might not happen for you. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, for me, my skin care routine has changed at least like 10 different times over like the last like. 10 years. Um, so something that worked for my skin before, you know, my skin is always changing and your needs are always changing. So, you know, you have to switch it up. But I think um, starting with like a basic cleanser, moisturizer, and of course, SPF, and then um, just start there, just kind of rebalance your skin. And, and just focus on the basics. And then once your skin has kind of calmed down, um, you have reduced some inflammation in your skin, then I think um, that would be the time to incorporate like a treatment. And a lot of people, they don't need a retinol. They don't need anything harsh. Sometimes the all you need is just um, an exfoliating product. So that could be um, like, uh, AHA, BHA, it could be something that is a natural form. It could even be you just getting a warm washcloth and rubbing your face two to three times a week. So I think it just kind of takes time and just, um, and it comes along with like the holistic approach, like listen to your body, fill your skin, take the time when you're washing your face and you know, I'm like, oh, it's kind of feeling kind of dry or tight. And then, yeah, just incorporating things that you feel like your skin needs. Wow, that is some super great advice, which is why I'm talking to you right now. I was like, I don't even need, I don't even need to give my opinion. I'll just be like, yeah, I agree with everything Cecily says. Yeah. I just, I mean, and I'm really, yes, go ahead. Yeah, so, and also one thing that I've been incorporating too is that along with, good skincare, like feeding your body good foods. So this is one thing I'm learning um, is that, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff to my skin, but I'm my skin is still kind of feeling like sluggish and stuff like that. And um, reading along with like inflammation, if you're fighting inflammation in your skin, it starts within. So kind of during research on like anti-inflammatory foods, things that kind of help inflammation and reducing them along with your skincare routine, even if it's like 30 days, you know, Agreed. incorporating um, different foods too. So that's something, not just, you know, products I, that you're eating too. Yeah. I, I mean, a hundred billion times. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, another thing that I like just to, just an extension of what we're talking about. Um, another thing I like to um, do with my clients is have them kind of experiment 
in a controlled fashion when something's not working instead of like shit trying a completely new regimen all at once. Um, I like them to like integrate or either lose one thing or integrate one product at a time. I mean, two tops, yes. but I yeah. feel like when we're doing something with the body, it's the same thing. Like, okay, anti-inflammatory foods, you can research those. You can learn more about those. That just makes sense to me. So if you want to eliminate uh, inflammatory foods, which there are a lot of them, you can do that on your own and see if it helps. Um, I support, I a hundred percent support that. But if there's just something, if there's a particular food that you think might be a tr particular trigger for you specifically like dairy, then just eliminate the dairy and go without it for two weeks and see if you notice a difference and kind of like build on like do be your own, you know what I mean? Um, be your own doctor kind of, <laughs> I mean, don't, 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 don't run with that. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, just listen to your body. Listen yeah. to your body. That's the way to say it. Because even if you go to a doctor for something, I hear this with my friends repetitively. They go to the doctor, they're frustrated with something, and they're not getting the answers that they need. And I, I, I think that we have a, doctors are great when you need them, but they're only trained to do things one way. They're not trained to even understand or deal with anything holistic. And the good doctors will actually tell you that they'll just say, I'm not, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about this. Even my vet told me that she's like, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about these natural remedies, but I know this works. So I think that we have to be, you know, listen to our own bodies, be advocates for our own health and um, choosing anti-inflammatory foods is a great way to start that integrative approach that, uh, that I've mentioned a couple times. Um, so well said on that and balancing the skin will do a completely different segment on that at a completely different time because balancing your skin, if it's not balanced, if the lipid barriers of your skin is disrupted, if it's sensitized then everything else you're doing, isn't going to matter that much. And I think that's a completely other converse, different conversation that we need to have so that we can elaborate and help explain how people can achieve that. Um, so right now I just want to kind of shift over to, you know, besides wrinkles, which everybody's going to say, how do I get wrinkle, get rid of wrinkles? And we can go over that in a later episode too. Um, you know, between my four or, you know, those, the, what do you call the ones I hear a lot people ask about a lot that are right in the middle of the, your eyes. There's a word. Is it crow's feet? Crow's feet are on the side, right? And then there's the yeah. ones right in the middle. <laughs> those, those drive me crazy too. Yeah. Uh, like when you're like really expressive uh, with your eyes. Yeah. But I mean, we're, I've heard we're, like worry, worry wrinkles. Worry like, wrinkles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah, there's I a million know. terms for it. And I know yeah. people are concerned with that. So we will be addressing that in the future. But today we're going to be addressing some of the most common concerns um, that a lot of people have in these certain areas, which are acne, age spots, um, eczema, melasma, and rosacea. So just to kind of go over a few of those um, and maybe give some, give people some information of, you know, of how they could address these, these concerns um, is what I'm wanting to do today. And the first one's going to be acne. So I'm going to take two seconds and read from this book um, so that we can talk about it, which is the celery juice book, which uh, is by Anthony William. 
And under acne, it says, as I shared in Liver Rescue, which is a book I think you have, Cecily, with you right now, it says, acne is a sign of early wars in life that go undocumented. Those early wars usually begin with strep, causing one of the issues in this list. As a result, antibiotics enter the body, prescribed, for example, for an ear infection. And counter to what anyone intended, those antibiotics lent strength to strep. In some cases, antibiotics didn't even enter the system through pharmaceuticals. Uh, someone consumed them through food or water or inherited them through the bloodline. And whatever form of, of antibiotic uh, that was arrived, they gave strep a chance to thrive. Medical research and science believe that acne is a hormone-based condition. They are mistaken, he says. Acne tends to accompany hormonal shifts such as puberty and menstruation because the immune system lowers dramatically at these times, allowing strep to take advantage and create a condition such as acne. Acne isn't caused by clogged pores either. Hmm. While sure, a clogged pore can cause a pimple here and there, a series of aggressive cysts is a sign of strep infection sitting in the liver and traveling up through the lymphatic system to the dermis searching for food. We all hear about the oily skin that goes along with acne that sebum oil is produced to try to stop the strep bacteria from causing harm. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was that I just read that recently and it was kind of like this aha moment for me. Um, I don't think anything can be broken down into one note of, okay, this is why you're experiencing this. But to me, that does make a lot of sense when I'm thinking of addressing things uh, using a more integrative mindset, right? With the food yeah. that we're sitting here talking about. So to me, that makes sense just as much sense as anything else and I personally believe that on all of these, the danger of, you know, all of these forums online and things where people get online and have like a hundred million people respond to them with a hundred million different responses and yeah. remedies is that uh, people are just throwing products at people. And I just, I, I just have an inversion to it. Every time I see a post where, where somebody's asking about hormonal acne or whatever, and people are throwing a hundred products, I just literally can't because I'm like, you cannot throw products. Yes. Products are there to help. Estheticians are there to help, but you cannot just throw products at something and expect your hormonal acne to go away. And if, if, if someone tells you to do that, then you should probably turn the other way or look yeah. elsewhere. So um, to me, I, I believe I, that this could be the case. Have you ever thought about it in this way or have you ever heard of this before? Yeah. And that's kind of a new thing. I recently read um, that as well. And it kind of was like a light bulb moment because even with my own journey with my skin, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm using all this product. And I see clients come into my room too. Yeah, the facial is going to help. Yeah, it's going to help reduce the inflammation because of the ingredients that I'm um, and the products that I'm using. But also that can only do so much. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that might help, but they're going to come back two months later and be like, yeah, that facial like really helped, but I'm still seeing this, you know, and all these things. So and I really do believe like your body does keep store. There's so many things, you know, that we digest like chemicals and things like that, that we don't even think about. Um, so that could definitely 
you know, and I never really thought about like strapping the body or anything like that. But to me, that, that makes sense. It does make sense. And especially with the, all the accumulation over the years that he mentions uh, in this book about like the, all of the toxicities that accumulate over the years, whether it's from pesticides, herbicides, um, uh, uh, mercury, like heavy metals, like all that kind of stuff. It does make sense to me that there would be a buildup over the years just because of everything we're exposed to now that maybe we weren't exposed to 30 years ago, even, I mean, yeah. right. Um, so to me, it just, again, I'm like, does it make sense? And it does make sense. And the great part about this as is that, you know, you, you, you try to flush out the system and get rid of things like this. And, there's really no disadvantage or loss. It's, it's not a drug. It's, it's a medicinal, it's an herbal medicinal remedy, but um, I feel like the only thing that can happen is something positive. So for me, I'm all about trying natural remedies where there's no, you know, adverse possible adverse reactions. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so acne, um, just to, I know this is a concern for so many people and I don't want to sound like a broken record because we're going to have so many of these episodes and we're definitely going to have an episode on acne because it's such a, a full body, you know, topic. Um, but what are some of the, you know, things that, that you've used or experienced with being an esthetician that have helped people the most regarding having acne challenges? Um, yeah, so I think the biggest thing is just um, when you comment, you know, not just putting overloading your face with a bunch of things. It's so easy to get like overwhelmed and feel like hopeless, you know, because you just want that instant result mm -hmm. um, to make everything go away. But I think the biggest thing is um, creating a balanced barrier for your skin mm -hmm. and one of the biggest thing is properly exfoliating your skin because if your skin isn't properly exfoliated if it's over exfoliated you know then it's not going to allow your skin to properly um absorb all the product and things that you're putting on your skin to help it so i think that is the biggest thing less is more when it comes to acne I'm going to completely agree with you. And I'm going to add a note here in addition to exfoliating and don't go crazy with the exfoliating because yeah. there is such a thing as over exfoliating. Um, but I'm going to add on to uh, that by saying that you do need to have balanced moisturized skin. A lot of people with acne yeah. are really scared to use moisturizer, but let me tell you friends, if your skin is not balanced and moisturized, what's going to happen is it's going to get sensitized and your, your skin is going to think that it needs, because you're using all of these products to dry it out, right? Because it's oily. It's going to think it needs to overproduce oil and you're going to have this battle that doesn't stop. You have to balance your skin. Now, choosing the right type of moisturizer is important. If your skin is dehydrated it's going to need something water loving if it's uh, dry then perhaps a non-comedogenic oil will help you with the symptoms of that but balance is key so exfoliating and you know finding balance with the right moisturizer I do also believe that that's very important with acne um, how do you feel about 
age spots. So people, I think people are confused about age spots because um, there, I have a lot of people that say, I have this brown spot. What is this? And so I have to explain the melanin, how it comes up to the surface of the skin. It's triggered by different things. Like the sun is really one of the biggest culprits for pulling those age spots, AKA hyperpigmentation to the surface and people want to get rid of them. So what can we tell people about age spots and, and how to prevent them? Yeah, so I feel that is, you know, melanin is something that your skin naturally produces to help protect the skin. So it is natural. Um, yeah, you know, it does happen like freckles, you know, but there are things that we can use to help um, get rid of them. And so I think the biggest thing um, is wearing sunscreen. And it's just helping protect your skin to prevent them. So preventative care is all plays a big role. And then um, as far as treating them, there's so many different routes. You can do um, chemical peels, there microdermabrasion, you know, there's lasers. And then also there's so many wonderful natural ingredients too, like licorice roots. So someone who is more sensitive, they don't need to pull out like retinols and things, even though those do help. And some people love going that route, but there's, you know, there's really so many different things that you can do. I completely agree with you. Once again, um, I think the biggest thing is going to be protection, the SPF, and those are some great suggestions for how to lessen the appearance yeah. Uh, of age spots. Do you have any particular remedies for eczema? I know I've dealt with eczema in the past and per- more uh, frequently in my like late teenage or early twenties, late teenage years, early twenties. Do you have any, have you ever experienced it? Do you have any remedies for it? Um, I personally have not had eczema, but, um, and it's kind of something that I'm recently learning about. Um, I also teach at a Montessori school. And so um, in the classroom I'm in, there is a few children that have it and they're about like 18 months. And so I'm kind of learning about it through them. So different creams that they use. um, And a lot of children, they're on special diets. Oh, and that's my (laughs) four-year-old son. Um, So just different diets. Um, So a lot of them are eliminating um, the inflammatory foods such as dairy, Mm -hmm. um, gluten, and um, just using more like natural approaches like chamomile, arnica, and there's so many different things now. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I will say you've touched on it, the inflammatory thing, uh, since it's, a, it's an inflammatory condition. Uh, the things that I think have helped some of my clients have been something that's maybe aloe-based um, yeah. to kind of relieve the, the symptoms because it really it itches. It's terrible. Uh, but the biggest thing in my experience that was a trigger was stress. So if I could, if I could talk to anybody about eczema, I would definitely say, well, are you stressed out right now? Maybe avoiding caffeine would a little bit more would be, um, a good way to kind of like ease the symptoms, avoiding caffeine, uh, avoiding stress. Gosh, 
don't we wish we could all do that Um, and then using some you know looking at your diet an anti-inflammatory diet and then using some ingredients like aloe to kind of soothe uh the the you know, soothe the area. Uh, those have been some things that have helped. So, um, you know, I don't think we're going to have time to get to the melasma today. So we'll roll, roll that into our next episode. Um, I just want to tell everyone that they can follow our group of integrative wellness professionals and enthusiasts on Facebook. If they just uh, do a little search for your mindful esthetician, you can join us uh, daily for those. If you want to follow Cecily on Instagram, her handle is hillcountry underscore skincare nerd. And you can join us each month for a new episode of Skin Talks. And remember, foundation is quintessential. Thank you so much, Cecily. I can't wait to talk with you more. Thank you. This was so much fun. Cheers.